0: Welcome back in, Bill Michaels Show, on this Friday edition. Good to have you. Good to have you. Grant, Bill's along. You can find me at Bill underscore Michaels over on Twitter, at Bill underscore Michaels. You can find Grant over at Wisco Grant. And we continue to grow the YouTube page, which is just awesome uh, for those that want to follow along and watch the program. Always track us down there. Go to YouTube.com, YouTube.com slash Bill Michaels Show. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com. We're back there as well. There's Twitch TV. There's Kick TV on the Kick app. Uh, God, if you got a LinkedIn uh, account, we're over on LinkedIn as well. You can find us there. Um, the uh, link always publishes to Twitter. So there's plenty of ways to follow along. You can hit us up via email, thebillmichaels at gmail.com, thebillmichaels at gmail.com. And the website, simply thebillmichaels.com. Don't forget, you can take us anywhere and everywhere on the Zone app, the Zone Madison, the Zone Madison app. And then after the fact, uh, if you love to listen to your you know, sports talk via podcast, you can always track us down on Spotify, Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts as well. It's all right there in hourly form. So uh, grab us there as well. Good, good stuff. Um, by the way, I want to remind everybody, coming up next Wednesday night, we're going to be at Flipside Pub and Grill in La Crosse next Wednesday night. We're really looking forward to it. Flipside Pub and Grill, 6 to 8, next Wednesday. Going to be there with uh, Scott Emmerich from uh, WXOW19 out in La Crosse. He's going to join us in the final hour of the program. So we'll be there from uh, 7 to 8. He'll be there. Uh, we'll have the show from 6 till 8. And uh, I-, I know that uh, they're not taking reservations. They should. So just keep calling, saying, "Hey, if you got wink, if you wink, if you got a table, we we want it, we want it." So we'll be out there, and uh, you know we'll be out running around on Tuesday night as well. Like I said, probably stop at Buzzard Billy's, do some dinner, but uh, but looking forward to it. So it should be a lot of fun heading out to Lacrosse next week. So get uh, get ready for you uh, getting your game on on Wednesday night. Uh, our buddy Steve, who hasn't been around in a while, said, uh, As far as getting a veteran wide receiver is concerned, I would still steer clear of Judy. I would like the Packers to go get an established route runner who can show the young guys some of the intricacies of running a route. I was watching the four letter network the other day, and Dan Orlovsky pointed out the route running of Christian Watson. This is definitely, uh, it needs refinement. With his speed, if he can run more polished routes, he could end up being an upper echelon receiver in a hurry. I really think that the Packers have a tremendous offensive upside for the next few years. I agree with you that if Musgrave and Kraft can develop, the Packers could be an offensive juggernaut. Have a good weekend. Go, Bucky. That's Steve in Ridgefield. Steve, uh, good to have you back, man. I know he had, I think he had a hip replacement or something like that. I'm not positive. Knee replacement, hip replacement, something like that. But he was down for a little while. Um, and then uh Rick says, uh, one thing I think that is a factor is the Packers lackluster play has been the schedule thus far, two road games and then a home game, and then uh that stupid Thursday night game followed by a Monday night game and then a buy. I think it's all dumb. You play two games in four days and then wait a week and a half to play one more, then go on a buy. That's like four weeks to play two games. Uh, They also should have never played Jones or anyone else hurt in the Detroit game, nor in the Oakland game with that bye. So those players would be able to, in essence, have like five weeks of rest and to get ready for the remainder of the season for the next 12 games. McCarthy always wanted a Sunday 12 noon kickoff every week because he he liked the routine and consistency this year, especially with all the stuff going on. It's hard to get a routine, and everybody into every profession strives to have a routine and consistency. It's been discombobulated. Also about the tight ends, I watched the drive last uh, night where Kelsey caught like five balls, all in the middle of the field, eight to twelve yards down the middle. He has no pattern. He just go float. He just goes and floats out there and finds uh, the open spot. Mahomes finds him. A smart defense would chuck him at the line of scrimmage, uh, but for the Packers, Musgrave they would do the same thing, and Jordan have to be a little bit quicker with his reads and get rid of the ball first. It will take time, but personally, I like the kid from Penn State, meaning Sean Clifford. So that's from Rick. Rick, appreciate the email there. Uh, yeah, if you watched that drive last night with Travis Kelsey, he just goes and finds the, the, the space in the zone and sits. And if he does happen to be on the move, he puts the arm up as if to say, hey, I'm, I'm now approaching the open zone, hit me. And they've just got a relationship anyway. It's been you know, honed over the years, don't get me wrong. So you can't expect the same thing between Love and Musgrave or Mu- Love and Kraft right now, but I agree. Uh, if you can get performance like that on the continuum, it it changes things because it not only is it an extra receiver, but it's your it's a go-to guy that can continually move the chains, and that's what they did last night. That's what we said in the beginning. That's why it was kind of like you, you you really you ground it out, you know, and. That's what they did. They were very successful at it. Uh, This one's from Keith who says, hey, unit, who do you got winning the World Series? Well, we talked about this earlier that the the team that whoever the Brewers lose to usually ends up there. So congratulations to the Arizona Diamondbacks. But, God, I, I hate to say this, but the Astros look really good. They just do. The Astros look really good. I don't want to see the Astros win it, but the Astros look really good. They've they've got good pitching. They've got a solid offense. You know, bringing Verlander back. You know, it seems like they've kind of got the band back together and they're feeling it right now. So I, I it, I don't know. It it seems like Houston's kind of on that path, but then again, you know, f- Philadelphia man, they played angry baseball after the, the. Uh, the The comment by Orlando Garcia, which we didn't even get a chance to really talk about with J.R. J. radcliffe, and that's my bad but uh that 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 comment seemed to turn them around seemed to seemed to like inspire them so philadelphia's played. but then again look you know um you look at arizona has arizona has arizona um God they 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 beat <laughs> they beat the Dodgers and the Dodgers never led. They swept the Brewers team that's not that great offensively but they they I, Arizona's a team also. That's and that's going to be a great series because that's a fly across the country series. You know, fan base is completely split apart whereas in down in Texas you've got Texas and Houston you know, you got the Rangers over in you know Dallas area, so to speak, and Houston in downtown Houston. But you you've kind of you know split the split the state there. But it's going to be interesting in the uh, the NLCS. I if I had to give an edge right now, I might give an edge to Philadelphia. I might give an edge to Philadelphia. But man, uh, wouldn't surprise me if you wouldn't surprise me if you had the Rangers and the Diamondbacks. What? What would you be rooting for? I think if you're going to be rooting for if you're Major League Baseball at this point, Grant, if you're Major League Baseball at this point, aren't you rooting for a Houston Philadelphia
1: series? I'm probably well, I'm I'm certainly rooting for Philly because the draw and the market size and the crowd and the star power. So if I'm if I'm just from an entertainment standpoint from a rating standpoint, I definitely want Philly. I probably want Houston just because it's a bigger brand and and people know the names and they know the story of the Astros Mm -hmm. more than the Rangers. And, you know, people want to cheer against the Astros, too, because of what happened with their cheating scandal years ago. So I I think Astros Phillies is probably the most intriguing, interesting series. But I don't know. Texas is awesome, too. They got star power. So that wouldn't be that wouldn't be the end of the world. And Arizona's got good pitching, but they certainly don't have the personality and the star power of Philadelphia. Odds
0: to win the World Series uh, came out on betonline.ag. Houston 19 to 10, Philadelphia 21 to 10, Texas 11 to 4 and Arizona the odds are 19 to 4. Kind of uh, kind of goofy odds, but there you go. That's the way it kind of shakes down. Um most people seem to believe that uh the Phillies are better. Um The Phillies have a 64.3% likelihood of winning the series. Uh, The odds, a little bit closer in the ALCS. The odds to win, uh, 58.3% go to the Astros. So that's a very close series. It's more favored in regards to the Phillies in the NLCS. So that's, uh, again, through betonline.ag. Our buddy Jimmy Shapiro sending me some of the odds just a little while ago. But. Yeah, I I I think the world would like to see Philadelphia and Houston and Houston would be the team that many people would root against because you've got this this team that just beat the best team in baseball and did it in a in a bombs away fashion in the city of brotherly love and we all know that it's not the case because it's very rabid and at times angry fans but then against the the almighty what many consider to be the cheating franchise of the Houston Astros, but still with the likability factor of Dusty Baker as their manager, I think many people would love to see that. So I, I, I to me, I don't necessarily care. I mean, I'd love to see Arizona in it too, just because. Hey, you know, if you're going to lose, lose to the champions, lose to the team that got hot at the right time and they went on the run, and you know, the fact that they not only beat the Dodgers, but the Dodgers never led in that series is still to me mind-boggling uh, as to how good they were. So, and both teams, uh, both Phillies and Diamondbacks, specifically in those final games, played the bombs away, man. They were blasting baseballs out of the ballpark.
1: I'm not blaming the format for what's happened this postseason because the Dodgers have lost countless times as a really good team. Right. You know, that's nothing new, but taking an entire week off can't be good for your offense. You know, right. like you saw Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. I think they finished one for 21, and I think the one hit was an infield hit. Like, their their battery completely shut down. Uh, uh, Atlanta, for the most part, as well. That week off is – that does interest me, especially against an offense. Pitching is one thing, but when an offense is rolling and they're feeling good, you take an entire week off. That's – Right. Man, I don't know. I You know, I
0: again, not overwhelmingly a fan of all of that, but – I'm I'm not changing it because the Dodgers again go cold. Totally. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. Uh, I I you know, Rick said I wanted the Brewers and the Twins, so now I just don't care. That would have been awesome. And that was in the back of my mind, but I didn't dare to dream. But that would have been awesome. Been an awesome awesome series and uh, the rivalry would have been completely stoked all over again between Milwaukee and Minnesota. Been been just perfect. 877-867-1670, 867 1670 Our friends out there at J&L Tire and Service Center, they are right there in Watertown and in Johnson Creek. And uh, both, both places, great places. They do a lot of great work, whether it's, you know, the mini vans, the sedans, just to take uh, you around with the grocery getters, or 18-wheelers. 18 wheelers uh, if you're an over the road driver all you got to do is swing by and especially if you're on 94 you just look north on the Johnson Creek exit and you can see it right there that's JNL Tire and Service Center not only are they great at service but they're honest and they're very philanthropic with the community give them a shout again jnltire.com jnltire.com when we come back he joins us mike clements coming up next Ready! this is the bill michael show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Kuhn. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass.
3: No interference on that play, Coach.
2: And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go.
4: The autumn wind is a pirate, blustering in from sea with a rollicking song. He sweeps along, swaggering boisterously. The autumn wind is a raider, pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. Four down and eight. Wow. picked off. Spillane. Right to it. Spillane wrestled down inside the tent.
0: Oh, my God, that gave me chills. I love that is the voice, I uh, believe, of John Facenda. Am I right, Mike?
5: Yeah, he was a Philadelphia announcer. And yes. Pete Sable discovered him, and he had read a couple of scripts and said, you're it. And he became oh my the voice of everyone. God, NFL I love
0: Yeah, I love that. Mike Clemens brought to you by our friends at the Bay Motel in Green Bay. Quiet, cozy, and comfortable. And don't forget the Bay Family Restaurant featuring the Homestyle Cooking seven days a week right there on South Military Avenue in Green Bay. Call them 920-494-3441, 920-494-3441, or go to baymotelgreenbay.com. That's baymotelgreenbay.com. What a, uh, boy, I, I tell you what, I all of a sudden felt a cold wind blowing up my shorts leg, man, when I was listening to that. That was awesome.
5: And here's the deal, in that beautiful, brand new Allegiant Stadium uh, out there in Las Vegas, they play that thing about once a quarter, the original thing. They crank it up, they've got a modern version of it, or maybe after every time the Raiders uh, had a score or a big conversion, and you're looking through the big windows and you can see the mountains and the deserts. I mean, on one side you look and see the strip and, and the resorts, but you just expect John Wayne and Clint Eastwood and the posse to come over the hill, <laughs> you know. And even though it's you know it's got that cowboy feel, and of course that was written for the Raiders. I think it was a piece called Autumn Winds, and it's one of the classics. And probably Mark Davis is he, he wants them to play that because I'm sure he knows that his, his old man Al probably loved that piece on NFL films.
0: Mm-hmm. That was fantastic. No, I love that. So this team now has a little time to kind of regroup and try to figure things out, and, you know, they still have a season left. It's not like all is lost and things are completely, you know, gone, but, uh, man, they really need to make a showing against what we witnessed last night, a bad football team in Denver.
5: Yeah, and so now I've also had a couple more days to kind of look at the film from Monday night's game, and, uh, you know, we, we would be talking about a win if Jordan Love with that two-minute offense drives down and then hits Christian Watson on the left-hand side of the end zone. And this number 21 comes rushing in. I think I told you the quick story. They did a thing where they asked the fans some trivia questions, like what's the name of the NFL championship trophy? What the famous coach? And he said, well, Lombardi. Hey, yeah, right. Then they asked another dumb question. Well, of these three players, which one played for both the Raiders and the Packers and went to the Hall of Fame? And he said, uh, Charles Woodson. And they said, yeah, right. And then they said, hey, turn around, because this fan was in the first row. And sitting mm-hmm. in the second row behind him is Charles Woodson. And wow. then up on the scoreboard, they put up a sign that said, "Happy uh, Birthday, October 9th, to Charles Woodson." I mean, they had some pretty good production going on there, and that's the way you get the fan base into it as they try and rebuild out there in Las Vegas. And then they've got plays. Ironically, a kid, uh, number 21, uh, this uh, Amik Robertson, uh, uh, makes this tremendous interception and kills the Packers' chances of winning that game, sends up Jordan Love with a third pick. Now, a lot of people would argue about that Watson maybe didn't fight for the ball, that Christian Watson didn't fight for it. But when you look at the tape, Bill, the guy, the the big play really was Elton Jenkins at left guard, and he's got a number 90. I mean, Max Crosby got AFC Defensive Player of the Week, but maybe you should think about number 90 for the uh, Raiders, this Jerry Tilly, four years of the team, six with six, he takes the outside step first, then cuts inside, gets past Elton Jenkins. Now Jordan Love with the ball in his hand and Watson racing down the field for the game-winning touchdown, he has to stop and take two steps up to his left, then plant, then throw. He could have used that second. That's what disrupted that play. That's what probably made a difference. That's one of the reasons they ended up losing the game. And you go to Christian Watson and say, you know, now at two and three, do you guys feel like you could still save your season? We're gonna, we're gonna
0: shape ourselves. Uh, I mean, we gotta continue to. To improve and in every aspect, uh, you know, we got to help our defense out a little bit more to be better. You know, earlier in games, and you know, I think I, I think I'm a fast guy. I, I got to find a way to find that you know third year and, and and score regardless.
3: What did you see on the last play?
0: Um, once again, uh, ten gave me opportunity to to make a play. Uh, I got to find a way to, to be more combative, be more aggressive, fight fight through that a little bit more, and that, you know, at the at the very least break that up. It's got to be my ball, my ball, and nobody's when, when ten gives me opportunity. Mike, uh, you know, there's got to be some frustration via the offense or defense towards the offense because the offense has not done much. We And it's well documented now, and I talked about it the night of the game. I actually posted the numbers that they've scored a total of six points in the first half of ball games over the last three games. I mean, for the most part, they're putting up goose eggs. The fact that they can't score in the first half of games and these furious comebacks have to happen – and they just can't get into a rhythm. Can't get it done. guy. It's there's got to be a level of frustration that's starting to grow.
5: And you've also said this, you know. So here we are now, about a fourth past the four quarter mile mark on this season. Can you tell me what the identity of the Packers is, right. particularly on offense? And here was Matt Lafleur's answer.
4: Yeah, that's a great question. Um, yeah, you want to be able to hang your hat on something. Right. And have whether it's go to players and or plays that you can go to in tough times that, you know, that you got a pretty good chance to have success with. Um, I always look at identity more of your style of play and are you doing all the little things are you straining are you making the extra blocks are you pushing piles are you finishing forward on runs you know scheme is scheme to me and as long as you have a marriage between your run game and your pass game and formationally that you have plays that at least come off the same looks that is all part of that identity and um, i think that's something that we always work hard to do you know, unfortunately, I think everything kind of gets magnified when you're not having success, and that's that's just the nature of it. We did some good things. I think there's a lot of things that we can do a hell of a lot better, and I think it all starts with the detail. We had a, a really long team meeting today and kind of laid out everything for our guys, areas where we have plays dialed up against the premier looks that exactly what you want them for. and we're getting the bare minimum and sometimes not even getting a positive play at all. And then there are other times, and you got to give credit to, to the Raiders where we've got plays dialed up that are against horrible looks. And you're like, how can you not make, how can you take a bad play and not make it worse? So maybe a zero yard game is better than, you know, getting sacked or whatever it may be. But I think a lot of it comes down to just our detail. You know, where are we putting our eyes? What are we doing? Are we using the correct technique? I think a lot of just our inability to be successful offensively is we've had negative plays or we have a penalty. Now we weren't penalized as much, but we've been in these get back on track situations and we've had a hard time recovering from that. We have not had success in those, you know, second and 10 or 11 plus situations and then you're stuck in third and long, or we had a second and 17 where we throw an interception. We just gotta do a better job of, of trying to avoid those situations, staying on schedule, even if it's second and nine, that's a hell of a lot better than second and 10 plus. I just think there's a lot more out for, for this group we just have to have that urgency. And it starts with us as coaches, making sure that we're very intentional about what we're asking our guys to do. And then they gotta be a part of this process as well and and make sure they're communicating maybe things that they don't understand quite as well. And, or, and, and we gotta put just whether it's drill work, whether it's teamwork, in order for our offense to come together and actually show progress. Because it's been very, very frustrating, I would say, the last couple of weeks. It's been so hit or miss, I thought, You know, these slow starts, we had the first two drives of the the game where we had eight play drives, and we end up with three points. We have a third and three where we have a busted route, and they play cover two, and ironically enough, that's where the ball should have gone, is where the the route was busted. And, you know, we also have to progress through, and if it's not there, don't force the throw down the field and get to a check down, and maybe you're playing – you know fourth and one or fourth and two and but I just think there's there's been so many things that have come up in some some critical situations that have, have really set us back and by no means am I trying to throw blame at our players I, I'm as much a fault as anybody like I said not every play caller is going to be perfect I put our guys in some bad situations there was a couple yesterday where we run an outside zone uh, they got penny what we call penny personnel on the field where it's nickel defense with five bigs and we're running an outside zone and uh, 98 swims our tackle and gets a TFL. So, like, you know, that's on me. But I think collectively there's a lot that we can improve upon as a group and hopefully we get that corrected in, in short order in order for us to have success.
0: You know, Mike, um, I go back to the beginning of that statement where he said, "We've got to have something to hang our hat on," and I don't think they do right now.
5: No, and so you take the elevator down from the press box. You, you know, you you see them lose this game. You get into the locker room. You look for the first guy you want to talk to that will probably go on record. Maybe he's getting dressed or something. And I couldn't help but turn way to my right. And there was a little corner of the locker room where all the secondary guys were. And it was one of those moments where they looked up like, did he hear that? Like, I just, (laughs) I kind of come in at the last second as some sort of open, frustrated conversation. And, you know, here there's a team that that kept Devontae Adams out of the end zone. and had 45 yards. The longest pass of the night was for 21 yards. And so I said to Rasul Douglas and Rudy Ford, you know, ask them about their frustration and well, do you hang your hat on that at least you you, you slowed down Devontae Adams?
3: It wasn't about that, though. You know what I'm saying? We wanted to go home, in a bar with a win. Now Matt about to talk our d- damn head off tomorrow. As soon as we wake up, because we get back in the morning, he about to talk our head off because we lost. We came here to win. That was really the only, really only goal. It wasn't about Tay doing nothing. It wasn't about nobody doing nothing, no matchup. It wasn't nothing. It was just win. Do whatever you got to do to win, and we ain't do it. I mean, plays on either side, and then... I just got no uh, no comment at this moment. That disappointing. Absolutely. Absolutely. That is that disappointing. I got no comment right now. You can feel those
5: momentum swings when Rashawn gets the quarterback now, when you get the pick. It's got to be frustrating that you can't follow through in the next couple of series after that.
0: No comment. Interesting stuff. Let's do this. We'll step out. We'll take a quick break. We're uh, talking with Mike Clemens. You can find him on Twitter at Mike Clemens NFL and uh, check him out there. This portion of the program. Brought to you by our friends at Lux Golf Bays. They're right there in Franklin, Wisconsin. You can still all year round get your swing on and improve your swing, work on your swing, keep yourself a little bit loose, maybe take some friends over, enjoy a night out, whatever it happens to be, luxgolfbays.com. That is Lux, L-U-X-E, luxgolfbays.com, right there in Franklin, Wisconsin. Great place to go. More of the Bill Michael Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show
1: once I kind of stepped up in the pocket I just kind of saw Christian I felt like he had the DB beat by a little bit you know thought we could make a play to go win it right there in the end zone kind of just underthrew it didn't get enough on it didn't get it out there enough and you know, the DB made a good play
0: good to have you back to Bill Michael's show we continue on Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. A
1: little mellow music. Is this you, Grant Bills, or was this a uh, Mike Clemens choice? Uh, no, Mike Clemens loves mellow music, and he's got great taste oh, yeah. in music. This is a, a selection of mine, though.
0: I'm uh, I'm liking this. This feels like I should have a cigar and a uh, a bourbon in my hand.
1: I think or so, too. Beer beer in a tall
0: glass with the bubbles currently heading northward. That's awesome stuff. Uh, Mike Clemens joining us on the hotline. So, Mike, uh, look... Uh, the offense is what we're all talking about, even though the defense, you know, they have their moments, but they've done enough to win over the last couple of contests. But it's the offense that really has to figure things out if this team's going to have an opportunity to do anything, any kind of damage and get some more wins this uh, this season. And it starts up front, starts with the offensive line, man.
5: Yeah, so that play we just replayed, you know, the last play for the Packers ends up being intercepted. Uh, you know, it was a bad accuracy and a long ball again from Jordan Love. Should Christian Watson fought for that ball, you got to give credit to 21 from the Raiders for making a spectacular play on the interception. But in reality, when you watch the tape, it's your left guard, your all-pro left guard, Elton Jenkins, who did not do a good job on his defensive end, who rushed Love, who had to get out of the rhythm of the play, take two or three steps to his left before he could plant, and then try and complete the game-winning touchdown pass to the left-hand corner. Another play that everyone has been asking about this week is why in the hell has Joe Barry got Preston Smith lined up against Devontae Adams? What kind of what kind of right. a defensive game plan was that? Well, actually, you got Josh McDaniels borrowing something that Mike McCarthy used to do. You you break the huddle, and they come out, and it looks like it's going to be eleven personnel. You got one tight end, you got one running back, you got two receivers, but you bring in a fullback, and then at one point they break and they spread out. So now it's empty backfield. And you got this fullback up on the line. And who's covering him? Jair Alexander. And you put Devontae in the slot, so the outside linebacker, and instead of switching, you know, 91's, before Garoppolo goes goes, set hut, now he's covering Devontae Adams. And that ends up being the biggest gain that they made all night. That's a play that Bill Huber said that McCarthy used to run Against the Legion of Boom defense, remember how Richard Sherman used to always right. line up as the left corner. He, McCarthy would send John Kuhn out there, and Sherman would like stop and look and say, "Well, okay, I got to find James Jones or somebody." He would just stand there and cover John Kuhn, and that's one way that they could take Richard Sherman out of the play. So that's what happened on that play. Lafleur was asked about it, and he said, "Yeah, you know, we probably should have the the linebackers should have taken a walk back." We should have switched on to like a quarter zone coverage, and that way you've got corners on receivers and linebackers on fullbacks. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. I, I completely agree with that. I just It's one of those things where you kind of kind of look at the, uh, the, the scheme and the guy. you, you got to be, if you're sitting there as Preston Smith and you're going, wait a minute, I'm on Devontae Adams. Are you kidding me? So you you, you got to do something because <laughs> that can't be. You're going to lose that every damn day of the week.
5: So now that Bakhtiari is done for the season, may be done in Green Bay, you know, you start kind of building relationships with other guys on the offensive line. And,
3: oh, by the way, there's
5: John Runyon there. I mean, you know, his dad played in this game, now works for the league. He's the guy that issues out the penalties. And I've been talking to John lately, and he was open to talking to us uh, after that loss in a very quiet locker room. And I thought, you know, you didn't have a very good first half. And you wonder when you don't suddenly you learn now you're not going to have Aaron Jones that Saturday practice that uh, you know I took some video of and posted where it's Mm -hmm. like why is Aaron Jones at practice but not really participating and he ends up being scratched out of the game I I asked Runyon what did you think you could do versus the Raiders defense with some of the guys you were missing on offense
3: I like the way that we committed to the run today Um, I felt like we were getting like three, four yards, five yards a pop. And I'm just feeling real good. And I think going forward, that's going to be a point of emphasis for us the offensive line and as an offense and getting that run game going. And, yeah. Mike,
0: uh, you know, the the team has not gotten off to fast starts the last three games. We all know that. So what – first of all, which is mind-boggling within itself because that's when you're supposed to be at your peak. But then it's a halftime. Then it's – it's all adjustments it's all you know you got to figure something out at halftime and whether it's going to the two minute offense or something they you know it, there's a lot of things that have to take place at halftime for this team to all of a sudden right itself because they're putting themselves in holes way too often
5: yeah and you're you're wondering all right you know if if you're if you think you could be doing something better do you make changes at halftime do you do you adjust the game plan or do you, do you, do you realize that maybe you're making some little mistakes, and what you have on for the plan can work out if you can just clean up a couple things?
3: No, I mean, we kind of um, knew what was kind of working, um, and I think again, uh, we said going into the second half we really wanted to, you know, get the inside run game going and uh, mixing up with, you know, outside runs and keepers and play passes and. Um, we hit a really big one to Christian, and the end of that drive, um, I think, could have potentially been the game. I mean, we're down there on the four-yard line with a horse collar tackle, and we're not able to punch it in three plays. you got to for a field goal, and that's a, I think that was a really big point in the game, and it's kind of unacceptable for us. we get down to the four-yard line with four downs, we got to be able to get that in there. What it five down in those two plays there after the... Big catch by Christian? Yeah, but, you know, we knew going into the game that they were going to play some base defense. So they, they were mainly nickel. You know, when you get, when you got a base defense on there, like five across, it's going, to be a lot of, it's going to be about four one-on-one blocks, and someone's going to win one. And uh, I think on those first two run plays, we weren't able to do it and try to get the sprint out uh, play and just wasn't there. And I think that was a really big turning point for us in the game. And I really don't know, honestly. Um, I wish I could give you uh, one answer, but... I feel like up up front, um, starting off when we have a negative play, whether that's on first down or second down, or we get a penalty call, um, always throws us behind the sticks early, and then we're just we're just kind of shooting from the hip from there. Um, we're kind of offense that's not really built to you know play behind the sticks. Not really think most offenses in the NFL are. And when you're sitting down, when you're sitting there in second and 10, second and twelve, it's just not where you want to be and. Uh, we got that by just by coming up to figure that out. And uh, I don't know, it's just a lot of stuff, you know, a little stuff that just keeping us from, you know, being where we want to be as an offense.
0: You know, Mike, uh, what he said there about, we're not an offense built to play from behind the sticks. Not that many offenses are, but you know, third and, and 10, third and 12, third and 14, you know, you got Rogers, you got your three, four wideouts back in the day. You never worried about it. There was always a way to pick it up. I guess what he's saying is, look, we're, we're not great yet. We're not, you know, the, the route runners aren't great. The catchers aren't great. The blockers aren't great. The quarterback's not great. We're, we, we have to be in very much third and very manageable situations for this engine to go.
5: You also would have thought in this game, and with some of the injuries the Raiders have got in their secondary, but you know where's the third down conversion to Romeo Dobbs, Jaden mm-hmm. Reed? You know he only had two right. targets. This, you know, well guess what? They were taking out those guys. They were they were taking out those guys. DeTobian Wicks, he only had one target as well. Luke Musgrave, your tight end, who was getting yelled and screamed at by Lafleur on the sidelines after a fourth and one, he led the team with six catches, which also suggests like, all right, we'll send those wide receivers out. We'll try and. Increase the probability of success with you know Musgrave coming over the middle, uh, or or in those little you know wheel routes on the outside, and you know that worked to a certain extent. He got picked up 34 yards in the game. Uh, you're throwing to Patrick Taylor. Uh, Josiah DeGora had one nice catch for 19. So, I, you know, I, I went to Romeo and I just you know I I was waiting for him to be frustrated that he didn't get more looks. How do you feel that this game went for you?
2: Uh, not so well.
0: Um,
3: I'll take full responsibility because, you know, I played a part in that offense and we just got to just find a way to get better at it. You know, we you know got a bye week, got a chance to kind of refresh our minds, kind of flush this out of our body. But, you know, we got to get back to work. Mike, uh, before we
0: go to break here real quick, it seems like everybody says not good, not clean, got to get back to work, got to get back to the basics. It seems like it's this is not about the implementation of the playbook. This is about what you already know and going back to doing it correctly. It seems like there's just way too many guys kind of, I don't want to say half-assed in it because they're not, but the the rounding off routes. They're not sitting right in the middle of the zone. They're not you know, committed to the block that they're supposed to have. I mean, you know, it, it seems like it's almost a reactionary offense rather than a proactive offense.
5: And it's also when, you, when a guy like Dobbs, who probably should actually be downfield blocking somebody and can't make up his mind who he's supposed to block or, you know, should I be a decoy in the route or should I complete the block, you know, to help out Musgrave that's coming out here on this screen. Those are the kinds of things that, you know, the coaches snap pencils over and yell and scream in the meeting room the next day showing over the right. films. Those are the, some of the little things that they talk about. And just like in that long conversation, you know, we had with Runyon, he's like, it's every damn play. I mean, every series we get, someone jumps offside, and it's second and 18, and we just don't have that many plays on the menu for that.
0: Hmm. Hey, real quick, before we uh, go to break, uh, some breaking news. Adam McAlvey says, news from the Brewers. Right-handed pitcher Brandon Woodruff underwent surgery today to repair the anterior capsule in his right shoulder. He will be out for all of 2024's season. Oh, my season.
5: God. Oh, my God. So there you and, go. Yeah, that, that thing it puts a little fluid on the on the shoulder, you know, which is kind of important. A little lubrication if you're right. a right-handed pitcher in Major League Baseball. Uh, mm-hmm. A year. Oh, my God.
0: Yep. He will be out for a year. So there's some breaking news there for you as well. We'll wrap it up with Mike Clemens when we come back. Stay tuned. We've got a whole lot more coming up right after this. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michael Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
2: All right, Team Pella, listen up. Thanks, John Coon. Customers love our products with limited lifetime warranties. Check out these big plays. Incredible innovations like blinds and shades between the glass.
3: No interference on that play, Coach.
2: And stylish windows with hidden screens that make game days a breeze. Can it get any better? It can. With monthly payments as low as $19 per window, $75 per patio door, and a free quote at PellaWI.com. Let's go. Whether you're looking to replace older damaged windows and doors or just wanting to revamp the look of your home, Pella offers a wide range of styles and materials to match your home's unique design. Hurry! Take advantage of monthly payments as low as $19 per window and $75 per patio door at Pella Windows and Doors of Wisconsin. Get your free quote today at PellaWI.com.
1: 6.99 APR for 120 months. Circle restriction supplies. A showroom for details. Offers at 1031
2: wilson
5: scrambles away again and he cannot run for the first down and they turn the ball over run out by justin Reed.
4: we, we have a chance and i think we just got to play better play cleaner i think the best thing we can do is just keep believing um i gotta i gotta play better and, and uh that's that starts with me and you know, I know i'll respond the right way to win in our league you, you got to be better throwing the ball especially you know i don't think the wind was that big of a factor
0: Next up on the docket: Russell Wilson, Sean Payton, and the Denver Broncos a week from Sunday, and that is going to be a 3:25 start time out in the Mile High City in Denver. Welcome back to the program, uh, the Green and Gold Post, or excuse me, the Bill Michael Show continues on. Mike Clemens uh, joining us, and uh, Mike, I, man, I, on one hand, this is the game that I'm kind of salivating over, hoping that the uh, the Packers kind of get themselves back on track. On the other hand, it's the game where I'm thinking. If they look the same as they did in Vegas and they get beat by a bad Denver team, oh, my goodness, I can't imagine what the postgame show and then the weeks following would look like.
5: You're right. Now, they, uh, last night on Thursday Night Football, the Denver Broncos defense did a pretty good job, I thought. I mean, they, they held Patrick Mahomes to one touchdown. Their field goal kicker was going nuts last night for the Chiefs. Uh, but the Broncos, I mean, even Sean Payton, who you heard there, Making well, he called it. I think he called it a boneheaded mistake. As a matter of fact, after the game, because there's a situation where they've got the ball and it's uh, you know close to the end of the first half, and he calls a timeout when he knows that they were going to have to punt, and the Chiefs were calling a timeout like seconds later. Like why did he, why did he do that? I mean, he he, he could have let the you know could have let the clock expire and give the Chiefs less time. Instead. The Chiefs get the ball, and Mahomes with two passes gets them into field goal range, and they score another three points in a in a close game that ends up like 19 to eight last night. But man, Russell Wilson, uh, he he was looking downfield, and it, it was this was his first night with the team. Could not find open receivers under pressure. I think the Chiefs got four passes deflected. I mean, every other time you turn around. You know Wilson was getting uh, balls batted away on passes, so uh, you know that's that's good news for Joe Barry. But right. I don't know. This could be a, a real challenge for the Packers offense uh, come next Sunday night in the prime time game.
0: I just want to see them get off to a organized, faster start. I mean that's that that's 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 my big thing is just to see them get off to an actual organized. Looking good, start to a ball game rather than looking as if they're scrambling and not quite sure what they're doing. Heads are hanging, three and outs. All that. You just, just give me something in the first half to be excited about.
5: Broncos made one personnel move after last night's game. They got rid of Frank Clark, who used to be a tremendous rushing uh, linebacker for the Kansas City Chiefs. Got a ring with them one year, but he kind of became too much of a big talker and not enough a producer. He got uh, cut by the Broncos it's interesting these moves that Gudekins keeps on making where Patrick Taylor's in the game and then he gets released the next day and then they bring back right. linebacker Justin Hollins. And, you know, I, I know he's working that guys you can bring off the practice squad thing three times over and over again. But um, to me, for where the Packers offense is right now, I you know, did you really need to make that move? I mean, you're not using Emmanuel Wilson to back up Aaron Jones. And Lord knows when he's coming back, but, uh, those I'm I'm curious to see what those next moves are going to be between now and this game in Denver.
0: Mike, great stuff. Enjoy the weekend with Al Packers football. Now we just get to kind of sit back, relax, and see what comes our way, and then uh, then we'll all reconvene on Monday. Okay.
5: Appreciate it. Thank you, Bill. Talk to you later. All
0: right, buddy. Talk to you soon. There you go. That is uh, Mike Clemens joining us uh, for a couple of minutes. Um, Again, breaking news Brandon Woodruff had surgery today on the right shoulder, that capsule that had been giving him problems. And the reports with the club are, per Adam McAlvey, that he will most likely miss the entire 2024 season. The entire 2024 season. So, man, does that hurt. Oof. Kind of a tough blow. Uh, I've. If- if you're a Brewers fan. Uh, so tomorrow you've got uh, Badger football and hoping the Badgers knock off the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, I got some dinner tonight, wedding tomorrow, motorcycle ride. Don't forget, join us on Sunday morning. We're going to be at sloppy Joe's on Hubertus in Hubertus. Please come out and join us. If you ride looks to at least be dry, we'll throw on the chaps and the leathers and head out and about uh, Grant. You got a wedding
1: on uh, Saturday night too, don't you? I got a wedding tomorrow night and then I'm going way up North doing some fly fishing on Sunday with the Packers. There you have off.
4: it. Yeah.
0: Good stuff. Enjoy the weekend. We'll all reconvene back here on Monday. Sounds good. Until then, time for us to go. Have a go.